Apple's best product you may never see. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Lance Ulanoff, award-winning technology journalist, public speaker, and television personality. Welcome back, Lance. Thanks for having me. Give us a quick summary, if you will, for our audience of your career in tech journalism and analysis. Uh, so it started really officially, the tech journalism part started in 1991 with uh, PC Magazine when it was just print. And uh, uh, I've worked for Windows Magazine. I've worked for Home PC. And uh, my digital experience with PC Mag, uh, you know, began in 96, but then I returned there in 2004. A while I was the digital head and I was editor-in-chief of PCMag.com. And uh, then I was editor-in-chief of Mashable and then I was editor-in-chief of LifeWire. And uh, so seen a lot. Uh, I think I've done a lot. Uh, I've watched the digital world change and uh, just uh, keep watching it. And among all of that, you've been an Apple observer for a long time. And l let's talk yeah. about what I think are one of the one of Apple's most important products and maybe that most people might not ever see, and that's their new M1 CPU. You've tested yeah. uh, new MacBook Air containing M1. Yeah. What did you find? Well, you know, in a way I wasn't surprised. Uh, you know, so you, you, they made, you know, this all happened relatively quickly. Apple made the announcement in uh, June of uh, 2020 that they were going to uh, make their own custom silicon and switch the Mac line over to it. Uh, uh, and true they were, because obviously they've been working on this for a while. Uh, they, they launched the first set three uh, systems on this M1 chip in uh, the fall. And it was the uh, it was the Mac Mini, it was the the MacBook Pro, and uh, the MacBook Air. And the MacBook Air is the one I tested. And so when I looked at it, I knew that Apple had been doing what's called bespoke silicon, which is really working with their partners to get exactly what they want out of this silicon. They've been doing that for ages on their their iPhones, and and their iPads. And what I'd always found with those systems is they had enormous amounts of headroom, meaning that I couldn't seem to stress these chips out on a mobile. I mean, editing 4K video on an iPhone, I was like, this really, what's the limit? So I was kind of hopeful and yet I was shocked because the the M1 on the the app, Apple the, the Apple MacBook Air was so powerful. The benchmarks were so good. It was so strong. It was so efficient. Uh, it It just felt like, I felt like coming home. It was like, yeah, this is how it should be. I didn't feel like I was, you know, you expect, oh no, it's going to be an ARM based, it's a mobile CPU, so it's, you know, it's it's not going to be, it's not going to be strong enough, but it is strong enough, uh, and it is efficient, five nanometers, so it's really efficient. Uh, the only area where I felt like that they really had some work to do was because this this chip has the ability to run iOS apps. But the iOS apps that ran, a lot of them ran in a smaller window, so it's kind of a weird experience. Uh, so that's something that they're still working on. But for an efficient and powerful uh, uh, chip right out of the gate, the first one, I mean, Apple really just, it was astounding. And, and it should have, it, all I could imagine is that Intel took one look at these systems and went, what do we, what do, we do now? Like, you know, what if someone else decides to do this? Meanwhile, there's been hints that Microsoft might do something similar with their own systems. So then how disruptive will Apple's CPU and SOC design prowess become? Well, certainly, you know, 
The fortunate thing for say Intel is that Apple still only has what, like 14% of the, the desktop, the desktop and laptop market. Uh, so it's still not like, you know, Windows, Microsoft Windows Intel systems are still, you know, all over the world, they're, they're, they're much bigger. And, uh, you know, even if Microsoft switches to, to custom silicon, uh, they don't make all of the Windows systems. And yet, this is a more than proof of concept that this can be done, that uh, Apple certainly doesn't need Intel, except for real heavy duty multi-core systems, the highest end stuff that they're still doing. And then by the way, they're planning eventually to switch those over when they can figure it all out. Uh, but it will be very disruptive. I mean, I can't speak to what's going on at Intel. I will say it's interesting that they just switched CEOs, uh, which means that, you know, they're saying, look, we need to get aggressive. We need to figure out a new direction. Uh, we, we can't rest on our laurels here. Uh, they spent a lot of time at, at CES talking about integration of Mobileye, you know, their autonomous driving system with a lot of partners. So, you know, that's where... I think they realize they have to branch out, but yeah, it's tremendously disruptive. It's tremendously impressive. Uh, I think that when app, people say, you know, Apple's just good at pizzazz and design, they've always been the showman place. That's how Steve Jobs started it. Apple's about innovation. And this is innovation at the highest level for their, their categories. How important is Mac OS integration in the M1's performance? Oh, critical. I mean, it had to feel smooth as butter. If it wasn't smooth as butter, if it wasn't just, um, you know, they had upgraded, they had actually done, they'd been sort of taking Mac OS and subtly shifting it a little bit. So it was a little bit more like iOS, but not totally, just in areas where it made sense. Uh, so now it feels like a bit of an amalgam of the two but still leaning into the desktop side. Like it doesn't ever feel like, oh my God, you know, now it's like a mobile OS they've squeezed into a big, big frame. It's not like that at all. That's not what's happening. It's a marriage that works uh, and it seems to take true advantage of the M1 chip. What development progression do you see for their M series uh, CPUs? Well, obviously they're gonna to continue to roll it out to additional, uh, uh, laptops and desktops. And, and I'm sure that we're about to, within the sp spring of this year, we will see a number of other systems roll out. You know, an iMac certainly will have it. Uh, and then the big question is, how long does it take them to get to the multi-core systems necessary to support something like a Mac Pro? I think that is going to be, you know, will they have to have a pair of M1s to, to do it, or, or a quad of M1s, or, or will it be M2 quad or something like that? Like, I think that's what we're going to see but I don't think that's going to come as quickly and it's not a problem because that's a niche market. The question is how quickly they get like a, 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 an iMac onto this platform. And that's definitely happening this year and could happen this spring. Assuming you use a laptop as a desktop replacement, would you go with a 13 M1 or a 16 inch with an i9 inside? Oh, well, see, yeah, an i9, uh, an i9 is still going to beat it. An i9, if you if you have to have that level of power, uh, then you're still going to go with an i9. Uh, but most people, I think, can go with uh, a MacBook with uh, uh, an M1. I think most people are going to be more than satisfied with that. Uh, but if they're running like uh, you know like some of the most heavy duty audio 
uh, operations, uh, you know, Final Cut Pro, you know, maybe then they want the iNet. They're rendering, you know, so rendering of video and audio, you know, which is really, you know, processor intensive, maybe then they're looking at the i9. But if it's a question of maybe i7, you know, I think, you know, I found, I think you probably could get by with the M1. Great to know. Lance Ulanoff, award-winning technology journalist, public speaker, and television personality. If somebody wants to find your, your work, Lance, get some insight on your thoughts, or maybe follow you on TikTok, I don't know. Mm -hmm. What's the best way they can do that? Uh, I would always start with Twitter. It's the hub of all of my stuff. It's where I post updates from everything I do. And then from there, you can find me elsewhere. And uh, and definitely, you know, if you like cool photography, check out my Instagram. I'm taking a lot of pictures of birds lately. I've noticed that. And you're not just a photographer. You're a great photographer, but you're also an artist. Oh. So, you know. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again for your time, Lance. Pleasure. And find more of my interviews right here or on YouTube, iTunes, and Spotify, or tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching. <laughs>